Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hey, everyone. Hope your day is going very well. In Romans 1, the Apostle Paul outlines the way society begins its downfall and the result of that downfall. Starting in verse 16 of that chapter, he notes that it's the gospel that he longed to preach to them in Rome and how he was not ashamed of that gospel simply because the gospel and the only gospel has the power to save and set the captive free through faith because those justified will learn to live by the same faith that opens the door to salvation, Romans 6, 1, 16 to 17. So after Paul has all these introductory remarks, he moves from those remarks to a huge problem that he saw in the world then during his life. And it was certainly happening then as in the Roman world. He speaks of the reason why God's wrath is poured out onto any society, Rome included. And ultimately, would be thoroughly poured out onto the entire world during the final seven years of human-led history known as the Tribulation. Now, what's interesting is we can go back in history and biblical history and see where God destroyed, for instance, Sodom and Gomorrah, or where he used uh, Israel to destroy other nations, or when Israel rebelled, he used other nations to chastise Israel, et cetera, et cetera. So all these things have come into play, and we see them uh, as they occurred individually in specific areas of the world throughout biblical history. But of course, there's coming a time when the entire world will be the recipient of God's wrath. And again, we know that time to be the period of the tribulation, as explained in chapters 6 through 18 of Revelation. Now, mankind has always wanted to do things his or her way. That's what we've done. It's what, it's who we are because of our sin nature. But even before the sin nature, obviously, we had um, kind of a propensity to do that. God's way has never been good enough, and this remains a problem for Christians as well because we have that sin nature resident within us and we have to deal with that all the days of our lives for however many days, months, years we continue to live after we become a Christian. Our natural desire, unfortunately, is to move away from God, not toward him. We have to work at moving toward God. This is the constant battle we face daily as we try to remember to submit ourselves to God for his goodwill to be done in and through us. Now, Paul alludes to this problem later in the same letter uh, to the Romans, and we're going to look specifically at Romans seven fifteen to 23 thereabouts. There, Paul nails it, inciting that the war often rages within us due to the fact that our sin nature and our new creation, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit, those two are always at odds. And what remains at every turn is for the Christian to choose God's way, not our way. And as we make that decision to follow God, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do so if we rely on him. However, let's be let's be totally true here, totally uh, honest. The conflict that often occurs within us just doesn't feel that good, does it? Because our sin nature wars against us. It wants things done its way, and God wants us to submit to him. 
In fact, if you have been a Christian for any real length of time and you go through these struggles, you know what I'm talking about, you know that it can be downright annoying. Some commentators believe that the reference to Romans 7, which is really kind of what we're talking about in this section here, and we'll get back to Romans 1 in a minute, but the section Romans 7 through 15 through 23, where Paul talks about, gee, I don't do what I want to do, the things I don't want to do, I do, and who's going to save me from this body of death, etc. That section compares Paul's life before he became a Christian and after he became one. That's what some commentators believe. The implication is that once he was saved, he didn't have that same type of battle, nor did he experience the ferocity in dealing with those situations after he became a Christian. Some even take that text to mean, and I've met some of these folks, they believe that Paul actually, by God's grace, became sinless in his Christian life at some point. Now, I may not be the most learned man in the world. I've never said I was. I, I have no, no strong belief that I am, but I have a hard time with that. I actually think what Paul was telling us was simply, he was telling believers the way to win each and every battle that we face. That's what he was doing. Here's how to do it. It's not a once and done type of situation. It is a battle that rages on constantly. And in each case, what is needed for victory is to turn to God in faith, relying on him to give us the strength needed to get through that particular battle. I also believe that the idea of becoming sinless in this life is something that Paul himself would have vehemently rejected. You can see that in his other writings. He wasn't sinless at any point in his life. Now, he certainly is, but that's only because he long ago passed from this life to the next, and like the rest of us, when we die in Christ, the sin nature will be excised from us by Jesus himself. So, with introductory comments out of the way in Romans chapter 1, Paul begins speaking of God's wrath and why it needs to pour out onto humanity. And this is where he starts, really, in Romans 1, 18 through 19. Let me read that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Put simply, human beings have a natural propensity to suppress the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, we suppress the truth in how we live, talk, and think by doing things that are wrong doing things that are sinful. It's done in those who consistently reject God's truth. And by the way, Christians are not exempt from that. We can come to a point in our lives as Christians where we rebel, we reject God's truth in that instance. And so when we do, we also then are guilty of suppressing truth. So for instance, as I've mentioned in previous articles and in previous episodes, audio episodes. It appears that being transgender has completely eclipsed being gay. Gayness? Oh, that's so passe. So yesterday, the new thing is being gender fluid. The new thing is that men going, well, you know, I'm identifying as a woman, which simply means that people can literally change genders based on how they feel or identify. Now, we know that that's not true. Some may choose to physically alter their appearance outwardly 
so that they appear to be the opposite gender from what they were born. The absurdity of it is that more and more we see corporations and even the medical industry and government catering to those who identify as something other than what they were born in spite of the very small percentage of people in that category. So to argue, for instance, that if a woman physically alters her outward appearance through surgery to remove her breasts and may even have male genitalia created for herself, but also decides to retain her natural reproductive organ she was born with, and then she chooses to be impregnated by a biological male or artificially fertilized, and then she brings that baby to term and gives birth, society is now supposed to all of a sudden agree that quote-unquote men can get pregnant because outwardly, She's a man. She identifies as a man. But inwardly, she still has women's reproductive organs. So by this, transgenders and their sycophants are all guilty of suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And for those Christians and Christian leaders who go along with that because they don't want to offend people, they just want to love people, or because they believe it's not loving to call them out, and their lies, they are guilty of suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. They have chosen the world side instead of God's side. God is saying through the apostle in Romans 1 that he will not put up with a world that lives lies. Anything that is opposed to God's truth is a lie. Paul warns, that people, because they consistently and continually prefer lies over truth, well, these same people will naturally become more and more deceived and vile in the way they live. That's what he's saying in Romans 1. People who persist in embracing lies through deliberate choice or through being deceived will suffer terrible consequences because of it. They'll also become more hostile to anyone who tries to share the truth, regardless of how gentle and kind the person is in attempting to share that truth. Romans 1, 28 and 32. I doubt even someone, for instance, like Richard Dawkins, who is a scientist and an avowed atheist, I doubt that even someone like him, who essentially states that there are only two genders, will escape their wrath. Now, while his comments recently do not directly negate trans ideology, he does refer to the LGBTQ plus movement as a movement based on bullying and refuses to fall in line with their dictates. Well, good for him, but he's not going to be saved from their wrath. A sign of the strong delusion that exists within people who continue to reject God's truth is seen in their anger, their rhetoric, and their unleashed fury, as Paul notes. This may have been the case in the tragedy that took place recently in Nashville, Tennessee, where it turns out a 28-year-old transgender by the name of Audrey Hale took several guns to a private Christian school and... He, she used to attend that school, apparently, and then shot her way into the building and proceeded to slaughter three young children and three adults. The shooting started at 1013 in the morning, and by 1027, 14 minutes later, the shooter was dead, along with six other people, but the shooter was killed by police officers who descended on the scene. 
And we also know that, for instance, an event planned for April 1st at the Supreme Court building in D.C. called Trans Day of Vengeance Stop Transgenocide is in the works. I wasn't aware that trans people were being targeted for genocide, unless by that they mean that there are people who oppose the notion that a person can actually change their gender. Consider how drag queens, which today is a form of transgenderism and has nothing to do with uh, the way Milton Berle would, you know, dress in drag on stage or, you know, the movie Some Like It Hot, where Tony Curtis and uh, Tony Randall dressed in drag. That has nothing to do with what's happening today. Drag queens. Think how they're treated today, literally given an open door to showcase their purient lifestyle in front of children as young as primary school age schools and libraries have opened their doors to drag queens and their sexually explicit events don't complain about it or you may be labeled a domestic terrorist by the doj but as one writer has pointed out and i've got links in the transcript for this this shooting occurred in tennessee which quote had proposed house bill nine a bill banning many drag performances from taking place on any public property in the state, as well as any location where people under 18 could be present. House Bill 1 bans children under the age of 18 from being chemically and surgically mutilated. Both bills were passed into law on February 23rd of this year, unquote. Okay, all right. And that happened in Tennessee. The shooting happened in Tennessee. So maybe the bills like the one in Tennessee or the ones in Tennessee uh, are what, you know, people, I don't know, that's maybe, maybe that's what the trans people mean by the statement, stop the genocide. The rest of us should give in to all the demands or more people will be murdered. Is that what the implication is? Unfortunately, the problem here is it may be way too late to go backwards as things gin up to introduce the final global kingdom ruled over by Antichrist. Way too much ground has already been lost, given over to special interest groups in just the past 20 years alone. 2008, California passed same-sex marriage bill. 2015, SCOTUS decided, yes, that's the law of the land. Ever since then, things have gotten even much worse. So now we have gay people being pushed aside by transgenderism. That's the big thing on the horizon. That's what's happening today. And they are very militant about it, obviously. Now, apparently, Hale had a transgender manifesto, and I'm sure we'll learn more about what he or she believed while under the influence of a severe delusion caused by continual rejection of God and God's truth. Now, it's interesting that I was watching one news report that one news person described Hale as very religious. What does that even mean today? No idea. Could mean anything. So in Romans 1, 20 to 23, Paul goes on to explain that we can know God exists because his attributes are clearly seen in his creation. I think that that's obvious. It is inherent in each person. Because God knows his attributes are clearly visible, and he did that, so there would be no excuse. It means that people who reject him do it deliberately. And because of this, God is righteous and just and eventually giving them over 
to become fully enveloped by their growing delusions so they can't see truth at all. If you just look at this list in Romans 1, 28 to 32, here's what people become when they consistently, continually reject the truth that is God's and that exists in his creation. Here's what they become. Unrighteous, sexually immoral, wicked and malicious, given to envy, murderous, haters of God, violent, inventors of evil, without discernment, unloving, unmerciful, unforgiving, passionately vile, darkened in thinking, futile, dishonorable. Wow. All those things and more. I didn't even list all of them. All those things are what people who continually reject truth, God's truth, become. So because God Because of God giving them over to what they reach for, basically they want him out of their life. They don't want to think of him. They don't want his truth. He gives them over to it. And then they become so darkened in their thinking that they can't reason intelligently anymore. They're reasoning by their feelings. Their feelings dictate to them and they do what their vile passions tell them to do, doing everything that goes against natural affection. Women become attracted to other women and men to men. This leads ultimately to a completely debased mind. Verse 28 of Romans chapter one. So here's the result of it. They get a completely debased mind. In essence, they become worse than animals because animals live by instinct. So that's what they do. Uh, And it's really extraordinarily unfitting for them. But that's what happens. It seems them, it seems to be normal for them, that debased mind. They don't know anything else at that point. I personally believe people who often arrive to this point are not only all these things, but because God gives them over to themselves to do whatever they want to do, any protection he might have granted them is also removed. Now, I don't know what you think, but when I see Paul's list that I've just listed for you, I see a perfect description of someone who is so given over to evil because of their abject rejection of truth. Remember that they caused it. They caused it by continually rejecting God's truth. So because of that, they've opened the door to the demonic realm because all these lies literally come from hell. And for this reason... I think it is extremely possible that many of these folks are demonically possessed. This may well be why they are irrational and are often so easily angered sometimes, resulting in tragedies that Nashville families experienced just recently. But the world, the world will focus on a greater need for, quote, background checks like Dick Durbin, press secretary, and other leftists in the federal bureaucratic government have decided, instead of dealing with the source of the problem, they'll talk about, oh, we need background checks. It's Republicans that are keeping it from happening. Background checks wouldn't have done anything. Background checks today are extremely in-depth, even though they happen, you know, it doesn't take long, 10, 15, 20 minutes in a store. In some stores where you buy a gun, you have to wait 30 days before you can pick it up. The reality is 
this person who shot up that private school in Tennessee had at least two guns legally purchased with her or him. But here's the problem. We need to prepare our minds for what we may increasingly see and possibly experience in society. Because remember, we are with God. We stand with God. We stand with his truth. That is anathema to the world who is consistently and continually trying to reject that truth. This uptick in vile brutality may coincide with where this world is heading. And that is a point that Paul makes in another of his letters to his protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. I would encourage you to read that again. Seems like the days of any semblance of innocence in the world are behind us. It's all in the final preparation for the coming son of perdition who will be worshipped as though he is God. And most of the world will literally fall down to worship him. Carry on, Christian. Pray for discernment. Read his word. Praise his holy name. Seek fellowship with other Christians of the same mindset and develop community with them. Trust God. Trust the Lord. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 